This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to have a lot of fun, but we're talking about that dreaded word, <laughs> sales, right? You know, we hear salesmen, and, we, and people, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to be a salesman. I don't want to be a salesman. No, no. Well, I'm sorry. How can you do business if you're not in sales? You know, there, there is kind of that, that connection there. So please join me in welcoming an expert in this field, Andy Paul, to our program. Welcome, Andy. Deb, thank you very much for having me. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will jump into this. Sure. So Andy Paul is the host of his own top-rated podcast, educating and inspiring sales professionals to take their expertise to the next level. Host of Accelerate with Andy Paul, business owner and sales professional extraordinaire, Andy brings knowledge and insight to today's show. Andy is number eight on LinkedIn's list of top 50 global sales experts, where over 166,000 professionals follow his daily posts on sales. He is the author of two Amazon best-selling books, as well as founder of The Sales House, the first all-in-one modern personal growth program for modern B2B sellers. His top-rated podcast, Accelerate with Andy Paul, with more than 700 episodes produced and nearly 2 million downloads, is the go-to resource for sales leaders and top sales producers. Today, we're going to be talking with Andy about sales education and the power of people. So again, Andy, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Very nice introduction. Thank you very much. Well, let's let's go back in time a little bit. You know, <laughs> as, as I said in the introduction, we hear sales and we go, ew. You know, we think used car salesmen. We sure. think, you know, if we're of, of that certain age, we think mm. snake oil salesmen. Mm. You know, millennials have no idea what that means. But, you know, yeah. And we just have kind of a bad taste in our mouth when we think about sales. And so how is it that you decided this was really something that is your passion? <laughs> uh yeah, I had no idea going into it that was going to be the case. So, <laughs> so yeah, I sort of happened into it like a lot of people do right. mm-hmm. in sales. But having got into it, it sort of really tapped into two big threads for me. One is okay. sort of this insatiable curiosity to learn. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're in a profession, you're learning, meeting new people every day, people right. doing interesting things. I, yeah, that's just, I thrived in that environment. Mm-hmm. And then secondly is... Yeah, I have a competitive streak a mile wide. And so you sort of blend this desire to learn and desire to learn about other people with Mm -hmm. this competitive nature to want to be able to serve them as well and win their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of caught the bug and never let go. Cool. You know, and, and I love when I was reading on your website, your first sales job was selling shoes in JCPenney. Yes. You know, and that's, that's got to be just a hard job to, to do. <laughs> well, it, it was particularly hard because I was in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and I was in high school, and I was doing this as a sort of a Christmas fill-in type job, okay. and holiday rush. And so my first day at work was a Saturday. I remember getting to the store about an hour before the store opened because mm-hmm. they're going to train me how to become right, the right. best women's shoe salesperson mm-hmm. in the world. And um, with the Brannock foot measuring device, you know, you step on it. Right, yeah, you know, and yeah, squish both ways. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But as I was getting trained, the skies outside opened up, and it was the first big snowfall of the year. Oh, no. And um, it was like the bat signal went up, and yeah, every woman right. with 35 miles converged on JCPenney to get their new winter boots. Ah. And so here I was, a mm-hmm. 16-year-old kid, an introvert, and my first job, first day on the job was helping dozens and dozens of women mm-hmm. try on winter boots, which involved, you know, touching calves and zipping right. up boots. And uh, yeah, I was a little, was, little ooh. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of ooh factor. And, um, but yeah, it was sort of great because I was thrown into the, the deep end of the selling right. pool on my mm-hmm. first day. And yeah, I learned some valuable lessons. I mean, even that first day is, is, you know, every shoe fits people differently and you right. sort of 
No, mm-hmm. like I know running shoes fit differently than dress mm-hmm. shoes and so on. But, you know, I just been trained. This mm-hmm. is the measurement. And so, you know, I'd walk a customer around the floor and she'd pick out several styles she wanted to see and then say, oh, okay, well, I'll go get those in eight. Well, no, make that one a seven and a half and that one a eight and a half. And, and I'm like, but, but no, no, but you measure, you, you're an eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it finally dawned on me. It's, you know, hey, not about what I thought is right. It's about mm-hmm. what the customer wants right. and what they need. Mm-hmm. And so learning that lesson on my very first mm-hmm. day was, was hugely valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is about giving them what they need, you know, and, and mm-hmm. now sometimes we have to educate them <laughs> about that point. Sure. They don't always know what they need. Right. But, you know, it's, it, it comes back to that old adage of the customer is always right. You know, we, and then we mumble under our breath, but when they're wrong, you know, but you know, it's, yeah. it, and, but we forget that. And I think maybe that's, maybe that's why we have a bad taste in our mouth about sales because we think, well, we're ramming it down their throat. You must buy this. You must do this. And that's really not it at all. Well, I think, yeah, well, I th- there's several reasons why I think people have yeah, sort of this bad taste and the st- hold the stereotypes of salespeople. One is because of the way salespeople behave. Right. And so most salespeople, a good fraction of salespeople, I don't know the exact number, but are still trained to believe that sales is something you do to somebody right? and as opposed to something you do with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big difference. So one is, yeah, we're sort of back in the stereotypes about how I'm, I'm trying to convince you. I'm trying to persuade you to get something you don't really need. I'm trying to impose my will on you, you know, something I'm doing to you as opposed to, and this is, I think, really important for entrepreneurs and and small business owners and CEOs to really understand is that, yeah, they don't like to sell because then they think it's more about doing something to the customer as opposed to saying, look, I'm here to serve you. Mm -hmm. As a seller, my job is to help you make a good purchase decision. Mm -hmm. Now, that good purchase decision. Maybe at the end of the day, you're not buying from me, but I I think if I do a good job of serving your needs, helping you quickly gather information you need to make a good decision, I think I will be the one you want to do business Mm -hmm. with. There's a lot of components to that, but if you have that service orientation, Mm -hmm. that changes the world for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, your whole perspective. And in my career, I've brought a lot of engineers and customer service people and customer success people and people, non-sales people into sales. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of them, it's initially sort of like, eh, I'm not sure I can make that mental leap to be able to do this. But then once you explain, no, you're, you're providing a service to someone. Right. Then it's like, ah, light bulb mm-hmm. story goes on. Well, I can do that. Right. I, can, I can help somebody. Well, and uh, if we're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. we have to be selling. And, you know, and that's the thing that I see so many people just cringe at, you know, oh, no, I don't want to be a salesperson, you know, I, and, and they want to build relationships, which of course this is all about. I mean, you know, but, yeah. but somehow they forget that, you know, they, 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 well, they don't forget. They assume that that relationship will kind of come naturally. And to some degree it does, but we still, you know, we still have to let people know what it is that we are offering, you know, what our product or our services, they're sure. not psychic. And, you know, and that's what I tell people who say, oh, I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm not in sales. I, I'm not going to do sales. Well, then how are people going to know what you have, what your product or your service is? Well, it, it really depends on the context you're meeting people, right? If yeah. you're a small business owner, you're going to a networking meeting or mm-hmm. a you know, chamber meeting or rotary or whatever places where you may meet someone is the key is when you meet someone to build that relationship. Mm-hmm is to think and have in mind, well, how would I talk to this person if they were a friend of mine? Okay. So if they were a friend of mine, would I immediately default to telling them about what I do? Right. Or would I say, hmm, let me put my curiosity on display here. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask some questions about them. Let me demonstrate an interest in someone else. Mm-hmm. That's the way to make yourself interesting, right. is to be interested in someone else. Mm-hmm. So there's a way you can practice this. And if you feel uncomfortable in networking situations or meeting new people, is this little simple drill you can do that I've taught people for a long time is, is I call it ask five. And what you're going to do is you're going to, let's say you go into a meeting, you networking meeting or conference event, you see somebody, oh, that looks like an interesting person. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, can I ask this person five questions about them before I have to say anything about myself? Ooh, I like that. 
And so then this starts becoming a habit mm-hmm. is, and there's you know, been research about what's the best first question to ask. Mm-hmm. And there are various opinions, but one study that I think was broad enough that had had relevance is said that the best first question to ask is just something simple like, so where are you from? Right. Now, where are you from? Seems mm-hmm. like a simple question, but mm-hmm. where are you from can actually go into sort of two paths, right? Mm-hmm. Someone can say on a personal path, well, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, really? And if you had all curious about somebody from Madison, then it could be, okay, are you, uh, did you go to the University of Wisconsin? Right. Did, mm-hmm. Are you a Green Bay Packer fan? I mean, you can sort of, you know, go list mm-hmm. four things easily if you're at all well-informed. Mm-hmm. And, or it could go a business path. Mm-hmm. Oh, before this, I worked at, let's say, Accenture. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I didn't, but I'm saying as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I worked at Accenture. Oh, that's interesting. Now, Accenture, boy, they really do some fascinating work right. I've been reading about. Yes, what's their, what, mm-hmm. what sort of projects did you work on? Mm-hmm. Well, that just opens the door to more mm-hmm. questions and people love to talk about what they do because right. they're, mm-hmm. they're interested in it. Mm-hmm. And so you suddenly now just talking to somebody as you would of making a new friend mm-hmm. and the business part will come at some point. Someone will say, well, what do you do? Hey, you'll need to have an answer for that for sure. Mm-hmm. But suddenly the context of giving it's really different as opposed to sort of pushing it on to someone. Right. They've now asked, they're curious, mm-hmm. they're interested in you. You've demonstrated your interest in them. The relationship's starting to form. Mm -hmm. Well, and when they ask that, that reciprocal, you know, tell me what you do question, that is not the point to beat them over the head with it. (laughs) Well, I do this and this and this and this and this. And I think that's the other thing that, that I see people do, or they get so vague that, you know, some, they, you know, and, and we've seen that happen. You know, I love it when I talk to somebody and they, they get so vague and they wander off and I think, why are they here? What is it that they do? Because right. again, they're not trying to be a pushy salesperson, you know, and, and it's like, nah, you know, again, you can't sell if people don't know at least a little bit about you. Now, they might say, no, I'm not interested. That's okay. You still might have made a new friend, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. Well, I, yeah. So there's sort of an easy way to sort of broach that is, <laughs> is when people ask you what you do, think of it in the context of how you help your clients. Okay. And it could be, hey, yeah, I help salespeople achieve their career goals. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're in the marketing business, I help companies build their business or help mm-hmm. companies build a list of new prospects mm-hmm. or, but something simple, five, six words, just a simple statement about how you help companies, your clients, mm-hmm. and then stop. Right. If they're interested, they'll ask for more. Yeah. Well, you see how the conversation goes, right? They may ask for more information. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I know people go to meetings like this and they think they have an agenda. Oh, I need to get five new names. Mm-hmm. To, oh, yeah. Otherwise, not as successful. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really it. How about five new relationships? Mm-hmm. And those relationships that you develop over time, even if they're not customers, they could become referral right. sources mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. But if you jump into it too soon... Yeah, you're going to miss that opportunity. Right. You know, I've, I've shared this story before that I was at a networking event in Denver, you know, when I, I lived there. And, and it was a big networking event, you know, and, and so, you know, we're working the room. But as typically happens at something like that, you still cluster with the people you know. You know, mm-hmm. and this, you know, so I'm standing there talking to three or four other people that I know. And this woman races up. I mean, like, you know, like there's something, you know, something big that's going on hands us her business cards and races off. And, and so one of us was like, wait, wait, come back here, come back. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and she did, she came back and we said, what gives, you know, why, why? And she said, I bet my husband, I couldn't give away my entire box of new business cards. And then she turned around and left. And so, you know, the four or five of us who were standing there looked at her business card and threw it away. Sure. And it didn't matter. We could have desperately needed what she did. But because of how she handled that, it was like, yeah, her her whole concept was, I have to give away 250 business cards tonight. And I'm sure she did. But I'm also guessing that absolutely nobody contacted her afterwards. Well, she didn't build her network, right? right. And so, that's, so if you look at your network as an asset mm-hmm. that has the ability to to monetize itself at some mm-hmm. point over the course of, of having it mm-hmm. is yeah, you just, you build your network, you know, link by link. And so, yeah, you meet somebody, they're interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they're not. 
going to be a client, but yeah, there's, there's one sales author that talks about building your bench and like a sports analogy and, oh, okay. and having these people as part of your network that mm-hmm. you could call on at some time. You have the relationship built up to the extent where you feel comfortable saying, Hey, yeah, we're, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We're looking for this type of customer. Do you know anybody that perhaps mm-hmm. would fit that profile? Well, then you've, you've earned the right to ask that question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell us a little bit about how you train people and, and work with people. Because, again, we're all going, ew, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and we have to. I mean, you know, let's just get over it, folks. You have to. You know, unless you have a product or a service that is so terrific that people are literally knocking down your doors for it, which it's not going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you start with somebody who really comes in and says, Andy, I'm lost. What do I need to do? Well, <laughs> there are several different scenarios there, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so I try to distinguish very carefully between training and education. Okay. And oh, yeah, and there is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. And so I'm in the business of educating okay. people. I'm, there's lots of sales trainers out there, and they do their thing. And, mm-hmm. and what they're prescribing is, hey, we've got sort of a one-size-fits-all methodology mm-hmm. that we think your team should learn. Right. There can be some value in that. Yeah. So you uh, must get five contacts. You must follow up within an hour. You must do this. You must do that. And you know, it it at least sells their books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there can be can be nuggets in there. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we know about training mm-hmm. is especially classroom training and so on. Is that that mm-hmm. we'll forget things very quickly, mm-hmm. right? There's only so much they can absorb in a right. short period of time, mm-hmm. and within thirty days, they've mm-hmm. lost ninety percent right. of it. Right. So there's a couple nuggets maybe. Mm-hmm. By the way, most companies train, especially small businesses, is look. We're going to do sales training this year. What we're going to do is we're going to hire an expensive guy like Andy to come in and spend the day with the team and yeah, off he goes. And that will be sales training budget for the year. Right. But within 30 days, they've forgotten most of it. If even 30 days. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So education is about day-to-day learning. Okay. Right? Making a commitment. Mm-hmm. And, and especially if you're in a small business environment. Mm-hmm. Small companies don't have resources to right. do extensive training. It's just not in the nature of the, the beast. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in sales, whether you're in a big company or a small company, you really have a responsibility to say, look, what am I investing in myself? What mm-hmm. time am I investing? Maybe what money am I investing in myself mm-hmm. to continually learn and improve my skills and my mm-hmm. craft and my ability to serve my customers? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, a completely different focus. And that's what I think the really my experience has shown over mm-hmm. four decades in sales is that the top performers are those who make that commitment to constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So that's a resource we're offering in, in the sales house, for instance. Okay. It's, a, it's, it's an education resource. We have mm-hmm. courses. We do live coaching every week, multiple hours of live coaching. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a private community on our Slack net, uh, workspace so that everybody can engage with each other because mm-hmm. Yeah, I may have a lot of answers. I don't have all the answers. Uh, many heads are smarter than just mm-hmm. one. Right. So we get that community effect mm-hmm. going. And we want people to come in and spend 10 minutes a day just to you know, watch a new video, pick up a new perspective, something they can add into their approach to selling to really become the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because no, one's, no two people sell alike. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think is the limitation of training is they're trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Right. But if you take it onto yourself to say, look, I, I'm going to read this book about mm-hmm. sales. Maybe I'll take away two things from it that really resonated with me. That's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Um, you know, I'm going to join the sales house and I'm going to watch. You know, we've got a series of courses. They're all 10 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. So come in, learn about an important aspect of selling in 10 minutes. Learn how to turn it into a habit. Mm-hmm. If I do that once a week, that's great, great right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll listen to a podcast one day a week. Mm-hmm. And another day I'll watch a video on YouTube. It's just sort of getting in that that mode where right. mm-hmm. saying, look, I need to keep learning. Mm-hmm. And so that's why education is really important. Mm-hmm. And so we operate on the theory, and this is a, a expression from my or quote from a British philosopher from the late 1800s, Thomas Huxley, who said that in life, you should try to learn something about everything mm-hmm. and everything about something. Ah. And so that's what we're trying to encourage is, yeah, be interested in all all facets of sales mm-hmm. and all facets of the world around you because since we are dependent so much on building relationships with mm-hmm. people, is is if you 
you know, read the news. If you listen to, you know, read things online, magazines online, pursue your special interests, Mm -hmm. just read broadly. Then when you meet all these people in sales, you have some ability to be able to connect to something of interest to them. And then to know everything about something that is sales, your product, your company, how you help your customers, you should be an expert on that. Mm -hmm. So just say, okay, my daily activities, I'm going to spend 10, 15 minutes a day Mm -hmm. making sure I'm prepared to do both those. Right. Yeah. And and so that's why you're having your first cup of coffee of the day or, or, you know, something like that. And, and, you know, and I love that concept because you can be learning other things. And I apologize if you can hear that beeping in the background, my alarm system's going off, but it's not (laughs) a danger, danger alarm. There's not, nobody's going to come in and whack me. So, okay. All right. Good, good. Um, but, uh, you know, so we, we need to be learning, as you said, a little something every day. And some, maybe some of it is current affairs, um, you know, and, and, or, you know, and, and, you know, sales techniques, marketing, you know, SEO, all of these various things. And then, of course, something in your industry, you know, because mm-hmm. our industries are always changing too. And, and I love that it's just 10 or 15 minutes a day because we can do that. You know, shoot, we spend that much time or more on Facebook, you know, oh, chasing sure. the, the next squirrel. Well, and that's, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's really the alternative is, right. uh, mm-hmm. as we tell people is just, yeah, turn off the screens for 15 right. minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll never miss it. You, in no. fact, it's not going away. It's always right. there. Mm-hmm. And if it's on TV, you've got mm-hmm. a DVR. So yeah, or yeah. it's on Netflix, it'll mm-hmm. be there. So yeah, take this 15 minutes, mm-hmm. a little quiet time and right. get focused on I said, watching something, reading something. So we just recently published uh, what we call Sales Growth Planner and Journal. And Mm. it's uh, a 12-month document, if you will, where we show people how to create a sales plan. Mm -hmm. And then with the sales plan, create a learning plan that says, these are things I really need to learn in order to make Mm -hmm. sure I can execute my sales plan. Mm And then we have a journal. So every day people, we made a, this, we designed this really cool system that's very intuitive so they can quickly check, okay, I will listen to a, a podcast. This was the two takeaways I got ah, from that. Okay. And, and so you're giving yourself an accountability system mm-hmm. as well. So it's a planning and accountability. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's a book. It's you know, a physical book and you open it up, you write mm-hmm. in it. Because we know from studies that when you learn something, if you can reflect on it and write down what you learned, mm-hmm. you're going to integrate that learning into your, right. your mind mm-hmm. much more effectively. Mm-hmm. So it's a great tool for anybody that's saying, look, yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I want to hit some goals. I want to be mm-hmm. ambitious this year. I've got a, mm-hmm. I want to put together a plan, step-by-step prescription of how to put that plan together that makes it actionable. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the learning plan. And then your journal so that every day you're mm-hmm. saying, okay, I can look back and say, oh, yeah, this week, five, right. days, five times out of seven mm-hmm. I learned something new. These are the things I learned. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is, you know, as you said, it's that writing it down. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all gotten into the habit of not writing things down, you know, or doing them online, you know, and, and things like that. And it's, it's the actual, and, you know, not to get too esoteric, it's that pen to paper. You know, there's something oh, yeah. about that. There that is. Embeds it more in our brains than even if we're just typing it, you know. And, and so, yeah, when we do that, it, it really does make a difference. Yeah, I always joke. It's actually studies have shown that number two lead is the most creative thing, instrument you can use to write with. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. Uh, I'm not writing my books by hand anymore, but no, uh, no. but, but yeah. You might, you might do an outline like that. Who knows? Well, actually, actually. Yeah, when I get really mm-hmm. creative, actually, I sit with my iPad mm-hmm. with drawing and my yeah. Apple Pen, mm-hmm. and yeah, I draw things out, and mm-hmm. things flow much much differently than they do when I'm on right. looking at a spreadsheet or mm-hmm. so on. Yeah, you know, and and it is something that I think a lot of people have gotten away from. You know, as as we were saying, you know, there's there's that there's a, a meme on on you know social media, of course, mm-hmm. that's, that's going around that's you know says something along the lines of if we required people to have to write in cursive and drive stick shifts, we would just wipe out an entire generation. <laughs> and you know, and and but that's you know part of that is is true. And and the reason I say that is the fact that we we aren't learning. Um, you know, and, and I, and maybe it's because we're so busy, you know, we are the small business owner, we're the entrepreneur who has our 900 hats on and, and we're going, you know, I always Mm -hmm. joke that, you know, our days are 28 hours long. It seems like that because we're trying to cram so much in it. And we, we think, well, you know, if I, if I spend 15 minutes reading a book or doing, you know, no, that's, that's time wasted. And of course the opposite is true. 
what we need to be doing is learning things so that our day gets down to 10-hour days. Um, you know, I've, I interviewed a guest one time who works four hours a day and, you know, is extremely successful in what he mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah very, it's very possible to do that. Yeah, I, I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, technology gives us a sense that we're busier than we actually are because right. we're, engage, we're engaging mm-hmm. our brains at all mm-hmm. time when we're involved with our, you know, our phone or iPad mm-hmm. or computer. And I'm as guilty of that mm-hmm. as the next, the next person. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I now program into my day breaks, mm-hmm. you know, using, again, using apps on my phone. Yeah, yeah. But, I know. We set the alarm. <laughs> but, well, I set the alarm, but there's you know, a great program on iPhone called Calm, which is sort of a mindfulness program. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very valuable, but it's, it's sort of an, an enforced quiet time, mm-hmm. but you come back feeling refreshed, a little more creative. Um, so the tools can work, mm-hmm. but it's also great to schedule time when you're just mm-hmm. doing nothing as well. Right. And yeah, so you sort of get away from sort of that feeling like, yeah, I'm so overwhelmed, I don't have time for myself, mm-hmm. and you start taking that time. And for me, I and this is I encourage you know, <laughs> professionals and CEOs that I work with and so on, is, yeah, what are you, what are you doing, A, for leisure reading, mm-hmm. right. and B, what are you doing for exercise, and you know, all these things that are really critical to mm-hmm. making sure you're prepared to handle the rigors of, of whether it's sales or running a company. Right, right. Well, speaking of technology, you know, we, we, we have, I think, started to rely more and more on it, mm. um, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, maybe it's that we've, we've got this great database that's going to remind us, you know, hey, we need to reach out and contact that person five times a, a, a year or, mm. you know, or it automatically sends things out for us. You know, have we become too reliant on technology? And if so, you know, what are, what are some of the downfalls that we've got? I don't think we're too reliant. I think what happens is is we're hoping they'll substitute for the human interactions that need ah, to take place. Mm-hmm. And so Yeah, I can automate those emails. I don't have we, to think about it. Yeah, and this is sort of what's happening. And so mm-hmm. just because technology enables you to do something doesn't mean that you should. And unfortunately okay. we haven't we haven't sort of crossed that 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 gap mm-hmm. yet. So in the sales space, for instance, yeah, there's all these you know, email marketing programs and sales engagement platforms and other really nice technologies mm-hmm. that that exist to make it much easier to reach out to proactively reach out to cold prospects on a mm-hmm. mass mass basis if you will okay i mean there's but should you do that right? right i mean and and what we're sort of seeing is that there's become such a reliance on those tools to handle that part of it that we're not really paying attention to the actual selling the building the relationships and selling that needs to take mm-hmm. place to ensure that we're winning a substantial fraction of our prospect opportunities. Mm-hmm. And this is, this, is, this is a problem. So it's easy to get seduced by the technology. We have to learn how to put it and use it in the right way mm-hmm. so that it's actually helping us interact with our prospects more effectively. It's helping our prospects make better decisions and perhaps more quickly. And at the end of the day, it helps us win more business. Mm-hmm. We haven't, haven't connected all those dots yet or at least many companies haven't right because they get so i said so in love with the technology mm-hmm. that it's like well you know if i can just create all this activity at the top of my sales mm-hmm. funnel then i know that i'll close five percent of those mm-hmm. and when you talk to a ceo or somebody who says okay well that's you close five percent it's not very good but right. what uh, have you been doing <laughs> what do you what, do, what, do, what, do, what are you gonna do to double sales well we're gonna add twice as much stuff to the mm-hmm. top of the funnel mm-hmm the tools enable you to do that. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is, well, I'm going to burn through most of these prospects and not do a very good job with them because they're, right. they're, not, they're not buying from me. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing is more and more companies are, and I wrote about this in my, my email this morning because I send out a daily email to thousands of CEOs and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and VPs of sales and so on, is, is that increasingly we see companies that aren't really selling, they're just playing the odds. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, it's not a position you want to be in. That's not mm-hmm. a sustainable position. If your business takes... A downturn if there's a recession and your market contracts. If you don't have the ability to go in and actually execute a sales process mm-hmm. on a one-to-one basis with another human, you're gonna be in trouble when right. the the markets inevitably mm-hmm. change. So, part of what I spend a lot of time with companies on is saying, let's make sure we use the technology appropriately. But also, mm-hmm. when you have the opportunities to actually be face-to-face with with a buyer, what are you doing then? Right. And there's not there's not enough. Mm-hmm 
attention paid to that what I'll call middle of the funnel activities, mm-hmm. discovery, needs analysis, qualification, to ensure that companies learn how to win. Because mm-hmm. we have whole segments of, especially in small businesses, we see this where, yeah, they may only win, let's say, 20% of the qualified opportunities they have mm-hmm. in their pipeline. Well, that's not very good. And yeah. what it's the inverse is the only thing that you're learning in that environment is you're only closing one out of five is the only thing you're learning is how to, how to lose, mm-hmm. right? If, if you, if 80% of the outcomes of your activity is you mm-hmm. lose, Hey, that's what you're, that's what you're teaching yourself how right. to do. So right. we need, we need to change that mix. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to do that. We focus on that in the sales house. I do when I speak to large groups and, and work with companies individually is, is yeah, how do we, how do we make your sellers more effective mm-hmm. in that middle part of the selling process? Right. That's what, that's what makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because we do get caught up in the numbers. You know, I said mm. before, you know, the, the woman who, you know, her, her entire goal was to give out 250 business cards. Because <laughs> right. to her, she'd given out 250 business cards. Right. You know, and, and, you know, and whether it's that we're, you know, the one person shop or we're, you know, part of a, a larger corporation who has the quotas. I love the quotas. Um, yeah, we do. We get caught up in the numbers. And we think the more we do, the better <laughs> it will be. You know, and, and then that's where we start seeing kind of the declining numbers. Well, you know, we might have talked to 100 people, but if 90 of them were not the right people, then that was a horrific waste of time. You know, and, and so, you know. Well, and it's not even necessarily that they're talking to the wrong people. Right. Again, Maybe the wrong message or? Hmm. No, it's, it's, well, think about it. So in a lot of companies, mm-hmm. and what you're seeing is what they want is they want their salespeople to have a certain pipeline coverage, they call right. it. So what they're saying is in their pipeline, if your goal is to sell $100,000 worth of stuff this month, mm-hmm. your pipeline has to be a certain multiple of that. So, right. And we increasingly see that number as being 5X. So they want somebody to have $500,000 worth of opportunities mm-hmm. that could potentially close this month in order to yield 100000 Right. Well, what you're doing is you're basically guaranteeing your, <laughs> if your pipeline coverage requirement is five times your target, Mm-hmm. But you're basically guaranteeing that your close rate is going to be one out of five. Right. Because and again, you're, you're learning to fail. Well, you're learning to fail. But the reason that you, this sort of uh, reciprocal close rate happens or win rate happens mm-hmm. is you're working too many opportunities. You don't have a good, an opportunity mm-hmm. to do a good job on discovery. Right. You, just, you don't have an opportunity to do a good job on needs mm-hmm. analysis and qualification. Because I, I gave it, I was talking to a, a, two weeks ago, I was in North Carolina talking to an audience. And I gave this example. I said, so let's assume that you're, goal is, you know, a certain amount of dollars, but that means you have to close five deals mm-hmm. in order to hit your number. But if you have this pipeline coverage requirement of 5X, that means theoretically you're going to have to work 25 deals during that month mm-hmm. in order to close five. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't work all 25. No. You don't have the time. You can't give them the right. attention required. Mm-hmm. So we have to, I said, you have to think about it differently is what if your requirement was you could not have a pipeline coverage more than two times your goal. Ah. So what you want to do is you want to start from that perspective mm-hmm. saying, look, this is the close, this is the win rate mm-hmm. we think we have based on our experience so far. Mm-hmm. You know, new companies, you're going to go out and do some pioneering selling. You'll sort of get a sense of what that win rate will be and say, okay, now let's scale based on this win rate. Mm-hmm. But instead what we're doing is we're scaling based on our technology, which says, well, we could reach out to a lot more people mm-hmm. and put way more people into our pipeline. Yeah, but we don't have the ability to sell them. Right. So what good is it? So we're basically mm-hmm. burning through these people that potentially could be purchasers, maybe right. at another time, mm-hmm. by going this half-hearted, half-assed mm-hmm. sales process mm-hmm. in order to close. So it, we get this, we're in this vicious cycle right now. And company, I see companies getting into it. Where they think the technology is helping because they're so excited because it enables them to reach out to more people, mm-hmm. but the results at the end of the pipeline are miserable. Right. Yeah, and, and, and then you get yeah. discouraged because you're thinking, okay, I, I, I am. There's something wrong with me. You know, why, why aren't people buying from me? Or there's something wrong with my product or service. You know, there's, yeah. you, you well, don't see it as you know. I'm just trying to to do too much. You know, you you see it as you know. Uh, there's something wrong. A f- a f- yeah, there's a failure mode. Well, the failure mm-hmm. mode is is one of the two things you describe. Mm-hmm. But yes, is and this is sort of a culture thing. Mm-hmm. So it as you talked about this obsession with activity and, mm-hmm. and numbers of things as opposed to quality of things right. is that managers have to feel comfortable because it really starts at the top. 
-hmm. you have to have the team that you feel comfortable that if they only are carrying a 2x pipeline coverage, that they can hit the number consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. So that means they have the skills, they have the talent, mm-hmm. you, have, you have the support within the organization, mm-hmm. whether it's sales, engineering, whatever resource required, enabled to do that. And mm-hmm. I can speak from personal experiences in my sales career before I started my own company over a little less than 25 years. I closed $600 million in orders myself. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Selling some, admittedly, some stuff was pretty big. I mean, it's mm-hmm. right. yeah. some complex mm-hmm. communication systems mm-hmm. that sold for millions of dollars. But, mm-hmm. but I carried a pipeline coverage ratio on average about 1.5, 1.75, because I knew that if I did a good job of Mm -hmm. discovery and qualification, that when that person was really a qualified opportunity, Mm -hmm. I knew there was a really high high likelihood Mm -hmm. I was going to win the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was based on how I sold, how I qualified, Mm -hmm. how I delivered value to Mm -hmm. them, how I differentiated me from my competitors. I mean, there's pieces to it, but it's things that everybody can learn how to do through Mm -hmm. experience and through educational resources, but you have to think about from that perspective, let's start with Mm -hmm. the win rate we want and then build our process Mm -hmm. and scale that based on achieving that outcome. Mm -hmm. And that's a much, much saner way to go. It's a much more predictable way to go. uh, And it's a much more sustainable way to go if, especially if markets go south and that's, you know, Mm -hmm. we always have business cycles that Mm -hmm. come and go Mm -hmm. position yourself. If you don't know how to sell and the market would get into a recession again, you're toast. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got that huge group of people who probably no matter what, weren't going to buy. And now it's even worse. <laughs> you know? they're, they're really not going to buy. And, and the maybes in there probably just moved to the not going to buy either. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah. But if, you, but if you know how to execute, that's the thing. Right. The companies that succeed in recessions and continue to grow their business or at least not fall the way right. others might mm-hmm. is that the ones that they've mastered how to sell and the yeah. selling is not about prospecting it's about once you do once you have a prospect right i mean prospecting is absolutely essential but it in many for many companies has a disproportionate mind share mm-hmm. and so we have to say look this is a necessary activity we have to be competent at it but winning is all based on what happens after we have the prospect mm-hmm. right and it's how we discovery needs analysis qualification so on mm-hmm. and it's not getting enough attention so that's mm-hmm. that's my focus that's my passion my mission when i work with companies when people i work with people inside the sales house and companies inside the sales house it's how do we master that aspect because mm-hmm. we're focused on what can we do to get you to win more right and that's that's what sales is about mm-hmm. yeah you know and and, and it, it comes back to knowing all the right questions to ask and knowing your product and, and things really well. I mean, you know, how many times have we gone into, say, a big box store and, and you know, the little salesman comes up and, and, you know, you say, well, I would like to buy X and you get this, our special of the month is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? because they've either been told this is what they're selling or they just don't even have enough knowledge about it. And so then I get annoyed and I leave and I go to Amazon and I sure. buy what it was that I wanted to start with. Right. Um, but you know, it's and 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 but it never occurred to them to even ask questions um, because that wasn't how they were taught. Um, you know, they were taught you are to sell this, you are to talk to twenty people a day. You know, back to the numbers. You know, all of those various things, and and they're also told. And of course, this is the big bugaboo. You are on commission, therefore. The more people you talk to, that you you know you get that mindset going. I, the more I talk to, the more I'm going to earn. When they don't understand, nah, nah, they're they're you know they're skipping that middle part. Well, I think that's this back to the mindset and the culture issue mm-hmm. is right. is if the culture of the company is, and because there's nothing inherently wrong with the commission, right? Right. I mean, I think oh, yeah. that if, if I mean, people are like you said, competitive people are going to do really well. <laughs> well, but it's not just competitive. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think you have to look from this perspective as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end of the day, we want to win business. But mm-hmm. the only way we win business is by serving our customer. Right. And so serving means helping them make a decision. Mm-hmm. So we have to provide that service. And right. we can't, it's sort of, there's you know, two levels of service. One is I have to service them to mm-hmm. help them make a decision. Mm-hmm. It gives me the opportunity to service them with my product and, and service, right? right? So that I'm selling. So, you know, the winning part is putting yourself in position to be mm-hmm. able to serve with the product mm-hmm. service you're selling. But to do that, you have to provide a service to the buyer. Right. And that's, this is really critical. And the culture mm-hmm. from the top is, look, if it's all about the numbers, then there's no service orientation. It's all right. about the seller. Mm-hmm. The buyer senses it the instant mm-hmm. they interact with you, right. much like your big box. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to even at retail, mm-hmm. and I say even at, but compared to business to business, but mm-hmm. yeah, even at retail places like Nordstrom and other stores mm-hmm. where they're very service oriented, mm-hmm. where they go the extra mile, they're on commission. Right. But you rarely run into a person, I say you never do, but you rarely run into a, mm-hmm. a salesperson in a Nordstrom store who isn't customer first, mm-hmm. right? right? And and that starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And so in a small business, you have the same imperative. You as mm-hmm. the CEO, you as the entrepreneur have the ability to set the tone, which is, look, customers come first. Right. Right? We are, our job is to help my customers make a mm-hmm. good decision. And there's a, a great quote from Jeff Bezos at Amazon about this, you know, he, he's this is an interview with the Harvard Business Review. He said, look, we don't make money when we sell things. We make money when we help customers make purchase decisions. Right. And that distinction, I think, is mm-hmm. really important for people mm-hmm. to understand is that's your job as a company. Mm-hmm. That's your job as a salesperson. It's not to sell somebody something. It's to help them make a decision. Mm-hmm. And so to do that, you need to be able to connect with them, engage mm-hmm. their interest, uh, build some trust with them be able to help them get the information they need to make the decision and then inspire them to want to do business with you. Right. Well, and because of course, ultimately the goal is that they do business again and, mm-hmm. or they tell their friends, you know, yeah. and, and because, and, and yeah, and if it was just a simple transaction, okay. You know, you're like, Oh, whatever. But you know, and, and Amazon of course is a great example of that because you know, you've got all of the, the frequently asked questions. You've mm-hmm. got the reviews. Mm-hmm. You've got the people also looked at feature. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so there's, it's, sometimes I feel like it's this not so subtle peer pressure. You know, well, wait a minute. If <laughs> I bought this, well, then I need to buy that too. But, but yeah, they've got it down to an art of how to, and, and especially the, if you buy this, People also bought this and this and this mm. yeah, because they're helping you, you know, so maybe it's that, you know, a, a kitchen item, you know, so you bought that blender. Well, people also bought this set of five bowls and the this and the this because mm-hmm. it's going to make your life easier. And yeah. which is, it's, it is now, you know, is it selling more? Who knows? But, you know, it, it really is. You know, you, Cross all it up some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, and, and people are going, oh, well, you because you're like, okay, well, I bought the mixer. I probably do need new bowls. And what bowls did everybody else buy? You know, and, and oh, look, you just made it easy for me because you suggested the bowls to buy. Well, but I think you look at Amazon as a case, and let's com- mm-hmm. compare that with business to businesses because mm-hmm. it's actually pretty similar. Is, mm-hmm. is the reason we're open to the suggestion to buy additional things is mm-hmm. that there's this element of trust in Amazon. Right. Mm-hmm. And even, even if you're skeptical, mm-hmm. as there's good reason to be skeptical about the reviews, mm-hmm. is, is if you're skeptical, you still sort of give some weight to the fact that somebody said something good about this mm-hmm. product. Right. And so we trust Amazon to deliver it quickly mm-hmm. and we can order it with one click. So it comes, mm-hmm. there's minimum of hassle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of a trust factor. Mm-hmm. And so you think about this in the business-to-business side is, is, and people have written books about trust, The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey is a great book, is trust facilitates and accelerates economic and financial transactions, mm-hmm. which selling is all about. Right. So that, that personal aspect of it that we have with Amazon, though there's no person on the other necessarily, but we do need to develop something similar with mm-hmm. our buyers. And if we do... Yeah, then we have the ability to accelerate the the you know the the speed of the transaction, if you will, mm-hmm. in sales, which is what you want. Right, right. Because when that is you know when when the transaction is takes you know is is more quick, quicker, right? whatever that word is, faster, um, faster. That's that word. Then we can move on to the next person, you know, and and the next sale, and and um. But you know, it was. It, I think then the problem comes in that people rush it, you know, well, if this didn't happen in, you know, this period, no, you know, mm. and, you know, and maybe it comes back to, you know, exactly what we were saying at the very start, each one is different, you know, and you have to figure out what is it that they need. I mean, you know, you, we've always got the person mm-hmm. that, you know, is going to, you know, they know what they want, they're going to buy it, They've, they might have researched it on their own, all those various things. Mm-hmm takes you 10 minutes and you're like, whoa, this was great. And then you've got the next person who, you know, I was in a mastermind group today and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the fact that this person had, you know, kind of had these little touch points with this person for over two years before they actually bought. Right. You know, and, and for so many people, they're like, nah, you know, I'm not going to do that. 
but he just, you know, and, and it was not anything, it was, you know, it was just kind of these little, um, you know, like I said, little touch points, you know, he sent them yeah. articles, he, you know, all these various things. He was helpful. Exactly. You know, it's never in there was, you have to buy this from me now. Um, but then when the time came, that trust had already been built in there because well, he had been so helpful. And so they went, oh, well, there's really no other choice. I have to buy from him. Excuse me. Well, I mean, technology is great for enabling that type of behavior. Right. And that, mm-hmm. what you described is something that, that I've taught for a long time called value-based persistence, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, your timing's not going to align with all of your prospects. Right. There's mm-hmm. people that, hey, they're going to be a good opportunity. There's not an opportunity mm-hmm. now. You have to have a little patience, mm-hmm. but then you put together a little plan. Say, okay, over the next six months, I'm going to send them one email a month, but that email is going to have a white paper attached to it or mm-hmm. you know, something that's just mm-hmm. so that every time helpful. Well, so every time they receive something from me, they mm-hmm. see there's something valuable about right. it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to train your mm-hmm. prospects is mm-hmm. communication because it's a noisy world out there, right? So mm-hmm. I want people to say, oh, I got something from Andy. That's mm-hmm. worth my time. Right. I'm going to spend some time. Mm-hmm. And so the nice thing about, again, the tools and technologies, what you can do is say, yeah, you get a prospect like that. You set up a Google mm-hmm. alerts for that prospect. Mm-hmm. And it could be using the keywords relative to their business and your products or whatever. And Google sends you emails every day with links to articles and white papers and so on. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you pick one, you send it to the prospect. Hey, Mr. Prospect, I was thinking about you this morning mm-hmm. when I was reading this article. Mm-hmm. Hey, there are two points in here I think we should talk about. Right. Do you have time Tuesday mm-hmm. at nine? Mm-hmm. Whoa, suddenly there's something valuable. Mm-hmm. You've, you've piqued their interest or something in there. They, they need to read. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell them, you didn't tell them what it was, mm-hmm. but it's important enough. That you think you should mm-hmm. talk about it. That's a great way to sort of right. persist and mm-hmm. follow up with people and stay in touch and nurture their interest. Mm-hmm. As you point, it's never about buying at that point. Cause there's going to come a time they'll say, yeah, now the timing's right. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. But in the meantime, you've been building up, you know, your credibility of building up your mm-hmm. value in the eyes of this prospect. And it's, it's hugely important to do. And, very easy to do. Right. Now, as you were talking about that, one of the things that I thought of is, does it always have to be business related? So, you know, back to our mm-hmm. earlier example of the person from Wisconsin, you know, what if I find a great article, you know, we, we just had the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. So what if I find, you know, a great article about, you know, a, a new person that they just drafted to the Packers and I say, hey, Andy, thought you might be interested in this. This mm-hmm. came from my hometown or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, absolutely. It could be anything. I mean, I've mm-hmm. got a, I'm a huge soccer fan, a big Liverpool football club supporter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've got a whole cadre of people mm-hmm. on my list that mm-hmm. we have text chains going about the upcoming Liverpool match. And these are people that <laughs> we may or may not do business at some point, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, the connection is through something mm-hmm. other than just purely business. Right. Well, and then of course the, the, the thing is, you know, they might not buy from you, but they might know somebody else who would. And so then sure. when that time comes, yep. they're going to be talking to, you know, Sue, and they're going to say, oh my gosh, Sue, you need to talk to my friend, Andy. I know yep. it because we're big soccer fans, but he also does this. So you need to give him a call. And that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's sometimes where people get caught up is they think we can't do personal, um, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't do those, you know, and, and, and now there is the too much information type of thing, you know, and, and I think obviously social media is one of those things that has really gotten, you know, uh, you know carried away with, with that to some degree, but yeah, those, those little points. And, you know, when I'm working with people on their LinkedIn profiles, I tell them, you, know, you need to put some personal stuff in there, even if mm-hmm. it's, you know, where you went to school or, or things like that, who you volunteer for, because, you know, that's, those are those little touch points where it's, you know, it's, it's just another little connection that somebody might have and it gives them a reason to talk to you again. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's increasing amounts of research being done into the impact of artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and automation on communications and, you know, what, then the fairly conclusive saying is, you know, what people want is people want more hum- real, authentic human mm-hmm. interactions. Right. So despite all the noise they're being bombarded with on a day-to-day basis, the, your potential clients, your potential prospects, they want that human interaction. Mm-hmm. It's not, and you're right, there are sales trainers and other trainers saying, look, your buyers don't have time for the personal. It's got to be all about business. Right. And it's just the opposite, 180 mm-hmm. degrees of mm-hmm. what, if you want to differentiate yourself, mm-hmm. then 
yeah, you make that human connection. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've actually summarized and distilled down into a, a formula I called the BALD formula, B-A-L-D formula mm-hmm. for how to communicate and build relationships with people. And it's, oh, okay. it works, works in business or in personal mm-hmm. life. So it's a little acronym mm-hmm. and B-A-L-D. The B, and if you remember and master these four points, mm-hmm. they're very simple to master, but if you master these four points, really the, your world's your oyster because you can build a relationship with anyone. So mm-hmm. B, be human. Meaning when you're interacting with someone, mm-hmm. be focused, be engaged. Right. Be curious about Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. A, ask great questions. Mm. L, listen slowly. Meaning don't be thinking about what you're going to ask next, right? Right. And don't don't think about what you want to say next. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we got to, we all have biases. We all have filters. We listen to things. We have Mm -hmm. to dispense with those biases and filters and just take a second and listen to what someone's really saying. Mm -hmm. And then D is deliver value. Because every time we interact with a prospect, we have this imperative to deliver something of value, to have made this investment of their time in us mm-hmm. worth their while. Right. If it wasn't worth their while, like you talked about with the blue shirts in a Best Buy store, mm-hmm. you went elsewhere, right? Because mm-hmm. there was no value. Oh, yeah. Well, every, every potential customer you talk to is making this calculation in, your mind, in their mind. Was this a good use of my time or not? Did mm-hmm. I get a return on investment on this time or not? And if it's not, you don't get any more time. Mm-hmm. So be human. Mm-hmm. ask great questions, listen slowly, deliver value. And if you can master that, that's really the core mm-hmm. of sales in general, right? It's all about relationships and communication. If you can master that, you're going to be in good shape. Right. And like you said, you know, that, that works for, for business and for personal. And um, for personal. And, and yeah, it's, and I think it is, it's gotten more difficult um, because we're doing this, you know, we're picking up our phone, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're texting, we're not paying attention, we're at a networking event and we're actually, you know, looking over the person's shoulder like, oh, there's that person I need to talk to. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay, Andy, you know, yeah, good, good seeing you again. And, and we go off. And when we meet with someone who really focuses on us it, it stands out, you know, even if it's not somebody that I, that I'm going to do business with, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it really does capture your attention. Oh yeah. And, and <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, this happens true too on the mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. We don't think right. this is just an in-person thing, but if, if you're not focused when you're mm-hmm. talking to a potential prospect on the phone, right. they'll sense it in a second. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I give the story, which is, I think the acid test for many people is, when I'm on the phone with my wife, she knows the instant I start checking my email. <laughs> uh-huh. She knows. She just yeah. knows. Mm-hmm. She says, what, what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. I said, what are, you t- what are you talking about? I'm completely yeah. focused on you, dear. Yeah. She's like, and no. She goes, and she goes, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Well, your prospects can tell the exact mm-hmm. same right. thing. Mm-hmm. So here you are, you spent all this money generating a lead mm-hmm. and you get on the phone and, and, and the first thing you do is you pick up your cell phone. Mm-hmm. If it buzzes and says, Oh, John updated his Facebook status. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Oh, Oh, you, mm-hmm. and that, that instant you mm-hmm. took your focus away from the mm-hmm. prospect. You may never get back engaged right. to that same point again. It can mm-hmm. take up to a minute. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a first call, they don't have a minute to give no. you. To engage. And suddenly mm-hmm. they sense, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. this guy's just not interesting. Mm-hmm. He's not, not there, not worth my time. Forget it. Right. So, yeah, this whole idea of being human is about being focused, Mm -hmm. getting rid of distractions, Mm -hmm. and being interested in the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, I remember I was at a networking event. And, um, the you know, it was one of those things where we were seated at a table. We were Mm -hmm. supposed to go around and introduce ourselves. And, you know, to, to each other. And so I was speaking to the person next to me. And he was. He's sitting there the whole time. You know, and, and, you know, so I did my initial little, hi, I'm so-and-so this, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I just stopped talking and he didn't notice, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then he finally did notice this very awkward, nasty silence. And I mean, I was just sitting there just, you know, didn't, didn't do anything. And, and he finally said, "Um, yeah, yeah, go on. And I said, oh no, that's, and, and, you know, clearly this was a business relationship that I decided wasn't going to go anywhere. So it didn't matter if I burned that bridge. And I said, no, clearly you have something more important you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and I thought, okay, here's, here's where it's going to hit the road. And he turned his phone upside down and he said, I am terribly sorry. And then we started over. Um, mm-hmm. now he could have just as easily said, you're right, this is more important. But yeah, it was like, Matt, uh-uh, you know, and, and, and it is easy to, to get sidetracked, you know, the, the, and, and 
I, I, you know, we're, we're all guilty of it. I mean, you know, when I'm doing these interviews, Facebook is off. I don't even want to mm-hmm. see it. I don't, you know, and, and I've, I've um, got everything in travel yeah, mode. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's all off. There's nothing there. Um, you know, all these various things because it is, it's so easy to just, you know, get sidetracked. And, and I, you know, I have to look down on occasion to look at my notes and things mm-hmm. like that, but you try and do it so unobtrusively because we want people to know, that ultimately, it's, it's as you said, it comes down to them. You know, how can I help you? And I can't be helping you if I'm sidetracked by something else. Oh, if I'm worried about myself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's fundamentally what it boils down to. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, I was giving a webinar, not a webinar, a seminar to a, a client and they mm-hmm. had about 100 inside salespeople. And, and I noticed that while I was talking that several people were on their phone. So mm-hmm. I said, well, let's stop for a second here. Yeah. And I said, so let me ask you a question is, <laughs> I said, I said, well, let me ask you a question is Mm -hmm. when you're on the phone with your clients, your potential Mm -hmm. clients and your phone buzzes with an update or something, how many of you pick it up and look at it? Mm -hmm. And virtually a hundred percent. Oh, and I, I said, okay, well, yeah, I have a sort of spiel about the science of multitasking, Mm -hmm. which shows Mm -hmm. that we're all incapable of multitasking. Mm -hmm. And, and about how long the science shows Mm -hmm. it takes to get reengaged in a conversation Mm -hmm. And I said, so, you know, this thing I mentioned before is, you know, we've spent all this money generating a new lead and then mm-hmm. you get distracted. Mm-hmm. How about you just put your phone on off completely mm-hmm. or in mm-hmm. airplane mode or whatever and mm-hmm. stick it in a drawer while yeah. you make your calls? Yeah. Leave it in the car. Mm-hmm. Leave it in the car when you're making mm-hmm. a call in person mm-hmm. or at least turn mm-hmm. it off. And I right. was giving a, uh, <laughs> a workshop to another client and this, yeah, this one woman is just like, very adamant. I am not going to do that. What if something happens to my kids and so right. on and so forth? And I said, yeah, that's just a choice you're going to have to make because... Well, and 10 years ago, we were you fine have. with it. You were mm-hmm. fine with it. I know. Yep. Right. So... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so and there are times. I mean, you know, I've gone in for meetings and and where say I was, you know, and and it really was something like. I mean, there was one time my mother was having surgery. She was in surgery as I yeah, was. You so know, just and and I told them. I said I am terribly sorry. I mm-hmm. need to keep just a, an eye on my phone, and and I said just in case. And I said, but that's you know, and 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 so they were fine with that, and nothing happened. And they could see, you know, there were other things that happened with my phone, but I never. You know, my, my focus never wavered. But, this, you know, because I explained it to them, then they were fine with it. Yeah. Well, and if you can do that on an exception basis, mm-hmm. that's great. Right. But oh, yeah. unfortunately, too many people aren't doing it on an exception mm-hmm. basis. They're just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something being... might happen. Yeah. Right. Well... Something might happen. <laughs> so, I call cell phones weapons of mass distraction. Mm-hmm. And that's right. really what it is mm-hmm. for sellers in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And given that you have such a finite inventory of time mm-hmm. during the day is you have to be really careful about how right. you spend it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And being distracted in the midst of an important call, because mm-hmm. I assume every call mm-hmm. is important, mm-hmm. with, with a, a call or, a, let's say, a LinkedIn notification or a Facebook notification or something, yeah, they'll all wait. Right, right. Yeah, and, and they do. They pick up on it because you, there's that subtle little, hmm, you know, or, or that pause, you know, all of those various things. And, yeah, people are like, oh, we've lost them. <laughs> And it happens quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> quickly. Oh, my gosh. The hour went quickly. Wasn't that it a good did. segue? Great segue. Great segue, <laughs> Deb. Great segue. <laughs> so, Andy, this really has been so much fun talking to you. But Likewise, how yes. do people, you know, how do they connect with you? You mentioned you've got this email. How do they connect with you and, and, and get sure. your information? All right. So, I have a, a daily email, as I said. It's called goes out under the sales house. It goes to thousands of, of CEOs, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. sales leaders. Uh, you can go to thesaleshouse.com forward slash subscribe okay. and uh, you can subscribe there. Mm-hmm. You can email me at andy at thesaleshouse.com. Uh, go to thesaleshouse.com and you can join if you wish or if, so contact me if you want more information. Follow me on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Uh, you can search me, Andy Paul, or at the sales house you can search and find me there. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, and, and you know, I was looking on andypaul.com and that's where your podcast lives. That's where my podcast lives, yes. Yeah. And so yeah, so you can find great my information podcast, there. Mm-hmm. podcast there, andypaul.com or on iTunes, obviously. And yeah, we're weekly podcast, uh, gosh, for 707 episodes, something like that. So, oh my gosh, I'm only 460 something. So, you'll get so you, there. You'll get I, there. I <laughs> but I mean, 
can when you consider that the average number of episodes a podcaster produces before mm-hmm. they quit is seven. Seven? Oh seven. wow. Mm-hmm. So we, we both, definitely beat the odds. We've beat the averages, yes. Yes, yeah. Well, it really has been wonderful talking with you, and, and I definitely hope that we do it again because I look forward to it. You know, I think it's something that we do need to think about because you know, back to what I said at the beginning, we all go sales, ew, and I don't want to be a salesperson. No, you know, it's it's we all have to be, or our business is not going to be successful. You know, right. And so, you know, I, I would love talking with you again, and we'll definitely make sure that, that we have you on again. Excellent. Appreciate it. That'd be great. Great, great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating time talking with Andy Paul. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.